This is Adam Hulse. Thanks for tuning into this episode of my podcast. In this episode, I will be covering the NFL as I have done for every episode during this NFL season. Specifically in this one, I would like to talk about the NFL playoffs. The playoffs are now only two weeks away, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the teams who haven't clinched yet, what they would need to do to clinch their playoff spot, what spots are still open, and then just kind of a general outlook of where we stand for the NFL playoffs which again start after two more weeks of the regular season. After that, I would finish this episode up with some predictions for NFL Week 16, a couple quick breakdowns of games with the betting predictions as well. But before we get to the NFL, I wanted to start with the UFC in this episode. The UFC has now concluded its season for the 2020 year, and with the final event already having concluded and them on break until 2021, I wanted to give my rundown of my personal current top 10 pound for pound rankings in men's UFC. So with that, let's jump right into it and start at the top with my number one pound for pound fighter in men's UFC. And that is, of course, Khabib Nurmagomedov. He is still undefeated in his career. He is 29 and 0. He did say after the fight that he was going to retire. There's still some speculation as to whether he's going to stay retired or stay active because he has not removed himself from the USADA testing pool yet, which means technically he is still an active fighter because of that he does sit at number one on top of my current fighter pound for pound rankings he has won every fight that he's had he's dominated every fighter he's faced he hasn't even lost a round in any one of those fights complete domination through 29 fights he easily sits at number one for me moving on to number two i have john bones jones bones is also an undefeated fighter he's been the light heavyweight champ for a very very long time he's cleaned that division out multiple multiple times. He has now vacated that title to move up to heavyweight for some new challenges and some new contenders. Really excited to see how he does at the higher weight class. Really curious to see whether they give him a fight with a number one contender like Nganu, if they make him earn the number one contender fight, or if they just jump him right into a title fight with Stipe. None of that has been announced yet. Curious to see how Bones does moving up to the heavyweight. Some would make the case that Bones Jones should be number one on this list not for me, mainly because unlike Khabib, he has not dominated every fighter he's faced. In particular, two of his more recent fights with Dom Reyes and Tiago Santos went all the way to decision and were very split decision. There was a lot of people who watched those fights that thought Bones could have justifiably lost those fights. They were very close. The judges did give him those decision wins, so he is still undefeated, but recently he has not been as dominant as he has been in the past. He's still undefeated, and if he can go up to heavyweight and clean out the division, I think he would solidify his place, possibly as the greatest of all time. We'll see how he does up there. For now, John Jones is number two. Moving on now to number three in my pound-for-pound rankings, I have Israel Adesanya. He is another undefeated fighter. He sits at 19-0 in his career. He is the current middleweight champion after just defeating and defending his title against undefeated challenger Paulo Costa, where he completely dominated that fight. Is he is probably the best striker in the game right now. He's so good, so technical, great on his feet. That's how he's dominated his fights recently and how he's beaten everyone that he's fought. Is his elite striking ability, his elite Muay Thai and kickboxing 
like John Jones, Izzy's another one who is looking to move up a weight class. He's the current middleweight champion. He is not vacating that belt, but there are rumors going around that his next fight is going to be against Jan Blahovich for the light heavyweight championship. So Izzy will get the opportunity to be one of the rare few in UFC history to possibly hold two belts at the same time if he were to be able to defeat Jan. That would obviously be another great mark on his resume. With Izzy's skills and Izzy's pedigree to this point, if he stays on this path, he just keeps climbing not just the current rankings, but the all-time rankings as well. If he could stay the course, sky's the limit for Izzy. For now, he sits at number three on my current rankings. Moving on now to number four, and it is the current welterweight champion, and that is, of course, Kamaru Usman. Usman is undefeated in the UFC, but he does have one loss in his MMA career, so he does sit at 17-1 and professionally. Usman is a very good technical fighter. He is an excellent grappler, one of the best in all of UFC. One knock on him that people have is that he does not finish a lot of his fights. He grinds them out and wins by decision, but those decision wins have been very convincing and against really good opponents lately in his last five. His last five wins have come against Maya, RDA, Woodley, Covington, and Masvidal. So that's like a very impressive run through this welterweight division in defending his belt. He has not really had any threat of losing a fight in a while either. He has dominated those five fights from start to finish. Let's see if whoever's next up for Usman can give him more of a run for his money. He currently sits at number four on my rankings. Coming in now at number five is the current heavyweight champion, and that is Stipe Miocic. Stipe is really starting to clean out this heavyweight division. He's really beaten the who's who of the heavyweights, including legendary Daniel Cormier, who he's fought in all three of his previous three fights and won two out of those three. Winning that rubber match and winning that career series against Cormier was really a legacy win for Stipe and really solidifying himself as maybe the best heavyweight of all time currently. He has bigger challenges in front of him if he is going to finally get that super fight with John Jones that a lot of us have been talking about with John moving up to heavyweight. That is something that we all want to see and we may see. That would be such an interesting fight if Stipe does get to fight John Jones. There's also Francis. Sanganu, who is the number one contender right now. Stipe has already beaten Francis, but Francis has improved since that fight, so maybe that would be his next one. Not really sure what Stipe's next fight will be. I think it will be one of those two that I just named. For now, he sits at number five on the pound-for-pound rankings, and if he were to beat a guy like John Jones, he could definitely move up that list and would also definitely move up the all-time rankings as well. Moving on now to number six in my pound-for-pound rankings, we have the current featherweight champion, and that is Alexander Volkanovsky. He sits at 22-1 and in his professional career. His run over his last four fights has been very, very impressive, getting wins over Chad Mendez, Jose Aldo, and then twice over Max Holloway. Very impressive run there in the featherweight division. Some people would like to see him fight Holloway for a third time, even though he has beaten him twice already. I disagree with that. I'm ready to see a new challenge now for Volkanovsky. A guy 
like Zabit has a decent case for that next title shot or Calvin Catter if he can beat Holloway in his next fight would also have a case but my pick for who I want to see Volkanovski fight next is Brian Ortega. Ortega did come off of a layoff and then he fought the Korean Zombie and really put on a clinic. He looked great. He looked as good as ever. That would be a really interesting fight to watch. One that I want to see. So no fight scheduled yet for Volkanovski but my pick of who I want to see him fight next would be Brian Ortega for that featherweight title. Up next at number 7 in my rankings is Devison Figueredo. He is the current flyweight champion. He has had maybe the best 2020 of any fighter in the UFC. He has a very good case for fighter of the year. His most recent fight against Brandon Moreno did end in a majority draw. He would have won that fight on the scorecards if he was not deducted a point for an illegal hit in that match. It was a little bit of a controversial point deduction. I didn't really think it warranted a point deduction, but the point was deducted. The fight ended up ending in a draw rather than a win for Figueredo. Because of that, he will probably run it back and fight Moreno again. I expect him to be even better in the second fight. I think he's just a much better all-around fighter than Moreno. And if he were to win that rematch, very curious to see who they give him next. Right now, Figueredo is clearly and easily, in my opinion, the far and away best flyweight in the UFC. And it'll be interesting to see if anybody could step up and really challenge him. Coming in at number eight on my current rankings, I have Conor McGregor. Some would have him lower than eight on their current rankings because he has been kind of inactive recently. He's only had two fights over the last four years because of leaving for boxing and other things. But when you really look at the accomplishments of McGregor, I do still think he deserves a spot in the top 10. He's at eight for me. He's only lost two fights over the past decade. One of those fights being to Khabib, which let's be honest, everybody loses to Khabib. Nobody's even come close to beating him. And then his other loss was to Nate Diaz, a loss that in a rematch, he avenged that loss. So besides those two, it's been a very impressive resume over the last decade. He has wins over guys like Eddie Alvarez, as I said, Nate Diaz, Jose Aldo, Chad Mendez, Dustin Poirier, Max Holloway. So very, very impressive wins on McGregor's resume. We know that he was a two-belt champion at one point. Again, the only knock that people could have on McGregor right now is his inactivity, so he may not deserve to be in the top 10 because of that. For me, he still gets in there at number eight. He has another big fight coming up in January, the first pay-per-view of the new year, where he will be giving Dustin Poirier a rematch. Very exciting fight, very interesting fight. Poirier is light years better now than he was the first time when he fought McGregor. So it's definitely a much bigger test this time for Connor than it was the first time around. It'll be very interesting to see how sharp McGregor is. He really hasn't had a big fight since Khabib two years ago. Since then, he's only beaten Cowboy Cerrone this year, which was a pretty easy 30-second knockout win for McGregor. This fight with Poirier is going to be a very interesting one. If Connor can win this fight, he's right in that conversation again to get a lightweight title shot and he would be jumping back up the rankings again if he was able to accomplish that but for me for now McGregor sits at number eight coming in now at number nine is a guy that I did mention earlier in the episode and that is Francis Ngannou Ngannou is on a very impressive four fight in a row first round knockout win streak against some pretty big names Rosenstruck Junior Dos Santos Cain Velasquez and Curtis Blades to get first round knockouts against them four 
Bellator. Those are big names in this heavyweight division. He is the clear and deserving number one contender in the heavyweight division. Unfortunately for him, he did already fight Stipe once, a fight in which he lost a five-round decision. That is the only knock against him as why he may not get the next title shot. I do think he deserves that rematch with Stipe. Not sure if it's going to be his next fight or Stipe's next fight. Not exactly sure when it will happen. I think it will happen at some point. But for now, Nganu is ranked ninth, and he's on the scariest streak in all of the UFC, like I said, with four straight first-round knockouts against big names in that heavyweight division. Finishing out my top 10 is going to be Dustin Poirier. I mentioned Poirier before when talking about Conor McGregor because they have that first pay-per-view coming up in 2021, a rematch for Poirier in which he lost the first fight. As I said, since then, he is greatly improved from the fighter that he used to be. He's been extremely impressive lately, scoring some big wins. His only recent loss coming against, of course, Khabib, who's beaten everybody in this lightweight division with ease. Besides that, he's putting up impressive wins over guys like Holloway, guys like Dan Hooker, Eddie Alvarez, Anthony Pettis. So he has some big names that Poirier's gotten wins against. This is going to be a huge match for Poirier against McGregor. If he can win that fight, he will skyrocket to the top of this lightweight division and will definitely get next crack at the belt. He's got to go through McGregor first. Excited to see what happens in that first pay-per-view. Okay, so that completes my top 10 pound-for-pound current rankings of the UFC. I just want to mention the first three out that just missed. Coming in at 11th, I had Robert Whitaker. 12th, I had Justin Gaethje. And 13th, I had Max Holloway. I'm not going to get into breakdowns of those. Just wanted to say they were the honorable mentions, if you will, in the first three out of the top 10. But just one more time from top to bottom, my top 10, Khabib, Bones, Izzy, Usman, Stipe. Volkanovski, Figueredo, Connor, Nganu, Poirier, and then the first three out were Whitaker, Gaethje, and Holloway. Those are my end of the year pound-for-pound rankings in the UFC. We have about a month off until the next UFC event, which will be, as I said, Poirier versus McGregor 2. Okay, so now that we wrap up UFC, let's get into just a little bit of NFL. As I said earlier, there are only two weeks left in the regular season. The playoff picture is starting to sort itself out. A lot of teams have been eliminated from playoff contention. There are some teams that have clinched, and then there's a couple spots that are still up for grabs. So let's look a little bit at that now, and we will start with the AFC. Three of the seven AFC spots have already been clinched. That is the Chiefs, the Steelers, and the Bills. They have all already punched their ticket to the playoffs. And then there are four more spots available in the AFC and six teams still alive for those spots. Those six teams that are still alive are the Titans, the Browns, the Colts, the Dolphins, the Ravens, and the Raiders. Look, the Raiders sit at 7-7. Seven and seven. They are two games out of a playoff spot with only two weeks to go. So if they either lose one more game or the Dolphins or Ravens win one more game, the Raiders would be eliminated. They kind of need a miracle to sneak their way in. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. It looks like the Titans, Browns, and Colts are all going to get in because they sit at 10-4. and four. And then that final spot to me is going to come down to between the Dolphins or the Ravens. 
Dolphins. They both sit at 9-5 and five right now. The Dolphins finished the year with the Raiders and the Bills, while the Ravens finished their year with the Giants and the Bengals. I think the Ravens have a little bit of an easier road. I think it's likely that the Ravens will finish the year 2-0 and and 11-5. and It's very possible that the Dolphins could lose one of those two games. If that were to happen, the Ravens would get in. If they finished with the same record, it would come down to tiebreakers. Because of all that being said, I give the slight edge to the Ravens getting in and the Dolphins just missing out. So that is the general playoff picture of the AFC. Now let's move over to the NFC and take a look at that one. Like the AFC, there are only three teams who have officially clinched. That is the Packers, the Saints, and the Seahawks. And then there are actually nine teams fighting for the last four spots. And that is because the entire NFC East is still alive. I will get to that situation in a second. And then the other five teams still fighting for wild card spots are the Rams, the Bucks, the Cardinals, the Bears, and the Vikings. The Vikings would need an absolute miracle to get in. They are technically not mathematically eliminated, but they do sit at 6-8. and eight. I think it's pretty safe to eliminate them, even though the math does not say so. And though they have not mathematically clinched, I think that the Rams and the Bucks, both at 9-5, and five, are both going to get in as well. In my opinion, that leaves the other wildcard spot to between the Arizona Cardinals and the Chicago Bears. The Cardinals currently have a one-game lead, sitting at 8-6 and six to the Bears 7-7. Seven and seven. The Bears finished their year against the Jaguars and the Packers, while the Cardinals finished their year against the 49ers and the Rams. Because the Cardinals currently hold that one-game lead, I am going to give them the edge to take that wild-card spot, but that has not been determined yet to this point, with both of them having pretty similar strength of schedules to end the year. Now, let's talk about the NFC East. This division is still wide open. None of the four teams have been eliminated yet. This week, there will be at least one team eliminated because the Cowboys play the Eagles. The loser of that game would be eliminated from playoff contention. The Eagles are definitely in the worst spot of the four teams. They only have four wins. The Cowboys and Giants have five, while Washington has six. So I do not think the Eagles are going to be able to do enough to get in. I think it does come down to Washington, Dallas, and the Giants. What's interesting is that the Giants hold the head-to-head tiebreaker over Washington, while Washington holds the head-to-head tiebreaker over Dallas. And currently, Dallas has the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Giants, but they've only played once. They will play once more on Week 17. The Giants were in much better shape a couple weeks ago, but they've now lost lost back-to-back games, putting their chances in serious jeopardy now, especially if they lose again this week at the Ravens, which I think they are going to lose this week. That would not necessarily eliminate them, depending on what happens with the other games. Look, this is still a crazy race. There's a lot still to be determined in this NFC East. It's still up for grabs for all four teams, but currently Washington is in the driver's seat. They have six wins. They are in first place in this division, so if they they win their last two games, it's really simple. They win this division. But if they were to lose one or both of their final two is where it gets really interesting. For me, the scenario I'm looking at the most is that if Washington were to lose their last two games and the Cowboys were to win their last two games, the Cowboys would then win this division. It looked a few weeks ago like the Cowboys were going to be completely out of it. They're still very much in this race. Their final two games of the season 
in our division games against the Eagles and the Giants, so games that they can definitely win. It's going to be very interesting if the Cowboys win their final two games. We'll have to see what happens with everybody else. There are scenarios where the Cowboys, Giants, and Washington could be in a three-way tie. Again, there's just so much still to be determined these last two weeks in this division. Going to be very interesting and very exciting to see how the NFC East plays out. But for now, that does wrap up our playoff outlook for both the AFC and the NFC. A lot still to be determined. There are six teams that have already clinched for the playoffs. There are a lot of teams that have already been eliminated. And the rest of this story will be written over the last two weeks. And okay, finally, I just want to wrap this episode up with just a couple of betting predictions for week 16. I'm not going to be doing any of the game breakdowns for this episode, but I am going to throw out a couple of spreads that I really like in week 16. And we will start with Saturday. There is a Saturday night football game this week between the Dolphins and the Raiders. It's going to be in Las Vegas. But I like the Dolphins to get it done this week. Minus two and a half is the spread right now. We like that a lot. We think that the Dolphins are going to get this win over the Raiders and eliminate the Raiders from playoff contention. Moving on to Sunday at the one o'clock games, the Giants are traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. The Ravens have gotten hot again. Over these last couple of weeks, after stumbling in a couple of weeks and looking a little bit lost, they have got it together. They seem to be peaking at the right time. I think the Ravens are going to dominate this game. I expect them to win by double digits. Whatever the spread is in that game, I like the Ravens to cover it. Moving on to the later window of games on Sunday, we have the Cowboys against the Eagles, a game that I referenced before. I am taking the Cowboys at home in Dallas to defeat the Eagles and keep their playoff hopes alive. They really got to win both to have a really good chance at still stealing this division. I think it starts this week with a win over the Eagles. And my final pick is in the Sunday night matchup between the Titans and the Packers. The game is in Green Bay. The Titans are getting three and a half points. I actually do like the Titans in this one to at least cover, maybe even win the game. The one weakness of the Packers has been pounding the ball up the middle on them and nobody does that better than Derrick Henry, of course, on the Titans. I think that the Packers are a better team than the Titans, but I think this is a really bad matchup for the Packers. I think it favors the Titans greatly. I'm taking them plus the three and a half, but I also think that they are going to win this game in Green Bay. Okay, so that wraps up our spread picks for this episode. We also, of course, got to our playoff outlook for the NFL and our in-depth breakdown of our top 10 pound-for-pound UFC rankings at the conclusion of the 2020 season. That is all we are going to have for this episode. Next week, we will, of course, cover football again like we always do. We will give another breakdown of what the playoff outlook looks like. At that point, of course, there will only be one week left of the regular season, so maybe some of the picture will be a little more clear at that point. We will definitely break that down again. But in the meantime, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Adam Hulse Sports is the handle. I have everything on my Twitter. You definitely want to follow me there at Adam Hulse Sports. I hope you follow me there. I hope you tune in again for my episode next week. Until then, this has been Adam Hulse. Thanks for listening.